Welcome to devmode.fm, a podcast dedicated to the tools, techniques, and technologies used in modern web development. I'm Andrew Welch from NY Studio 107, and we are doing a live dev mode stand-up with my buddy Ryan Ireland. How you doing, Ryan? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you, Andrew? It seems like, so we're recording this in mid-July-ish or early July, and it seems like a lot of people are on vacation. Have you noticed that? Or wait a minute, wait a minute. You got a little bit of a suntan. Have you been on vacation, Ryan? Uh, I was. I, I mean, it was a, a trip to see family, I mean, which can also be a vacation. Uh, I like my well, family. They're pleasant to see. I was going to say, for uh, some people, that's stressful. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, last week was, no, this week. Wow, it's been a long week. Monday of this week was July 5th, which was the observed holiday for July 4th. Yep, yep. So I think a lot of people take the whole week off, right? Because they can get, they only have to take four vacation days if they're in the corporate world and they mm. only have limited vacation time. So that's probably what happened. I know that I, uh, someone that I'm going to do some work with, I sent them a document on Friday, a week ago before I left. And it was already said, like, things just kind of slow down, you know, like next week. So so many people are out. But yeah, I think the month of July, from my experience working in the corporate world, is that the month of July tends to be where people start staggering vacations and it gets pretty quiet. It's also a good time to do a lot of work, though, because typically there's a lot less disruptions and you can be heads down on working on the cool stuff that matters versus but that's not uh, how vacations are supposed to work right it's not not you're not supposed to be like oh sweet now i can just do my work or are you saying if other people other are on people vacation, are on vacation. So. i see so if you're bogged down in a corporate job and uh, it's hard to get anything done because you're answering emails all day the summer might be when you can really get stuff done I don't know. well it's an interesting transition though so let's see how much you want to talk about this because you have come from a uh, a corporate job right uh yeah for about uh 20 months or so i worked in a corporate job for a company that i had do some i had done some consulting with and then was recruited to join the team and ended up leading a technology team and then i left the beginning of this year the end of january actually and how much uh, of your soul is is left is there any anything left (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> slowly, slowly rebuilding it and finding joy in life again. Slowly healing. Yeah, yeah. But no, I, I mean, I think it's an interesting thing to talk about because there are a decent number of people that watch this, that they're freelancers. Mm-hmm. And there are a decent number of people that work for agencies. And then there are also a lot of people that are going back and forth, right? So we right. know a number of people like Matt Stein was mm-hmm. freelance for quite some time. And he, then he joined Pixel and Tonic. Yep. And I've known people that have gone the other way, that they've been working for a company for a long time and they decided to, you know, just to try their own thing. But I think there are lots of people that are kind of going back and forth. So I'm curious what, and obviously to some extent, it's going to depend on the organization, right? So we're, we'll talk about it a little bit in general, but what do you think some of the advantages of working a full-time job at a company are? Like what are, what are good reasons uh, to be doing that? Well, I think that the, you know, you mentioned Matt Stein. I think that from what I know of Matt is he's probably similar to me, which is that he looking for, if there's a job that comes along that is interesting and could provide a valuable experience and or an interesting experience or an interesting project or task, then I think that's probably what people like me and Matt are driven by. And that's what I was driven by is that it seems like an interesting opportunity to do something kind of fun and interesting and different in a space that I hadn't worked in. And I hadn't really had a, a job before that for, I think, for five years prior when I had left my previous job. And so, but the, as, far, as far as the, the, the benefits, I mean, the benefits are, are some of the benefits. I don't really say that you're just someone else paying your health insurance. Yeah. You know, bonuses, things like that. 
those can be the benefits depending on the type of business you're coming from. I did really well when I worked for myself prior. So I actually took a slight reduction in pay, but I was, mm. I was more curious as to the, the experience of the project that was before us. It wasn't like a money move. And I remember you were surprised when I told you that I was going to take this, this, this gig. But the other benefits are, I mean, for some people, the benefits are a steady paycheck. Although I think that's the biggest one. I think, I mean, well, honestly, I realize it it's really not the case that, for everybody. Is it really that steady? The company I was out had, I was at had major layoffs right after COVID hit. And like, okay. I don't see that as there's not any, this doesn't seem all that steady to me. Everybody that I know that worked for themselves pretty much did fine. None of them went and got jobs. They kind of saw it through. Okay. But that, you know, that's a little bit of an exceptional time. <laughs> at least I hope it's in. Well, hopefully it's a once time. in a lifetime or several lifetimes yeah. kind of thing, right? We're about, or at least every hundred years or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, but here's the thing though, man, I, I think one of the major reasons why people go to work for somebody else is just the security. You know, I'm not I'm not talking about a paycheck in terms of necessarily you're going to be making more. Right. But just it's nice to be able to be like, okay, I don't have to worry about trying to find a new client. I don't have to worry about convincing somebody that I'm the right person that they should be working with. Right. We've we've had that conversation. I'm the right person. You hired me. I don't have to have that conversation every month or three months or whatever your cycle is, because it is the kind of it's sort of like um, like like asking someone out on a date. If you have to do it constantly, you're going to get rejected a whole lot. And it's not the most fun thing to do, you know, so at some point it's nice to just settle down and get married and you don't have to worry about a whole lot of nonsense that goes on. I think security is a big part of it, don't you? Yeah, but that's like a romanticized version of all of those things, right? The romanticized version. I'm romanticizing everything. Everything, right? <laughs> Why not? The romanticized version of of marriage is that it requires zero effort, right? The romanticized no, version. No, no, of, no, no, no. I did not. I never, never, the romanticized never version did those of, words come I, out of my mouth. <laughs> never the romanticized did I say version that, of, a, of a day job is that it is an autopilot type of thing, right? Now, mm. I will say that one of the advantages, if you are on at a good company that has good a good team, one of the huge advantages of working at a company is that you can work ideally on deliberately and, and carefully and at, at a pace that is sustainable on the same project for an extended yes. period of time. And there's a lot of joy that can come from that because if you're coming from working with clients where you might be doing 30-day engagement engagements, maybe three month engagements or something like that with set budgets, you you don't have a lot of room to go deep on a thing. You can't just yep. go off and say, hey, you know what? It's actually better if we re-architect our hosting and it's all it's all spun up automatically through like cloud formation or what you know, whatever the tool is that you're using. Maybe you can you can do that at a day job, whereas the client's just like, you know, we don't have the the stomach for that type of change right now. So there's a I mean right, so I, I gotta what, correct you though, Ryan. Just just real quick. Okay. I'm <laughs> okay. not gonna let you put words words of my mouth. I did not say under any circumstances that getting married means that you're you're done and you don't have to put work in. Of course you do, man. I've been married. Think about it, Ryan. I've been married for 15 years or so. Do you oh, think anyone it? could be married to me without work? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Let's be on both ends. Okay, seriously. No, of course. So I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, though, you don't have to have that conversation of, does she like me? Do you want to go out? You know, whatever. And it's the same kind of thing for you're working at a job, right? You've already decided rather than trying to court a client, acquire them, convince them that you are competent, convince them that you should do the job. But- 
haggle over the salary. Like that's just stuff you don't have to deal with for a while. Yeah, I would actually completely disagree. Is that like a a good employee doing good work that wants to continue to grow and innovate and reinvent themselves as a person that is skilled in whatever area you're in. There is no like going into idle in your job. Those are the types of people that are typically the first on the list when a unpredictable layoff comes up or something like that, right? But that's not not what I'm saying though, Ryan. What's that? I'm not saying that you're not learning. I'm not saying that you're idle. I'm saying there are certain parts of the conversation you don't have to have. You don't have to keep on telling them you don't have to con- con- keep convincing someone that they should hire you. You know, you're hired. Okay. Right. And I'm not saying I, that you then coast and you do nothing. But you have to I'm just saying there are certain conversations you don't, there's certain conversations you're done with is what I'm saying. Maybe. I think it's honestly like, it's obviously you haven't worked for anyone for ever. Oh, stop. <laughs> I don't think you're the best sources of, of advice for this, Andrew, because I, okay. I think you do have to you do have to keep proving yourself. And it's and it's not done through convincing someone through a resume that's well crafted and honed to that person. Right. It's through your work and your ability and, right. and through the stuff you do. So you have to but I think that's hard work. I think good employees, people that really contribute to whatever projects they're on, work hard at that. I mean it's not always I the think case, so too. But I think, think that's Yeah, I, I actually honestly I think we're despite your insult. I think we're actually agreeing. I think we're actually agreeing, though, because I'm not saying that you don't have to do continuing education. I'm not saying that you don't have to keep proving yourself and and keep growing and all that kind of stuff. I'm saying that there are certain conversations that you no longer need to have. You don't have the insecurity of, I don't know where my paycheck is. You don't have the insecurity of convincing someone to work with you at all. You know, you're to some extent you're there. And now, yes, how far you go is going to depend on how much you contribute and what you put in. And right. I agree that all of that is work, like 100% that's work. I'm just saying like a lot of the freelancers that I've talked to that that do this very often, one of the things that they're most tired about is that they constantly have to acquire new clients. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of new clients, depending on how you meet them, depending on how the intro is, part of it is convincing them that you're even the right person to do this, right. you know, bidding on the project, doing all that kind of good stuff. And it's just, I don't know, it's just a little bit different of a conversation. Now, on the other hand, the benefits of being a freelancer or working on your own or owning your own business or whatever it may be, is that you do have that flexibility to kind of do what you want. Where if I wake up one day and I want to go fishing, I'm I'm just going to go fishing. You know what I mean? And that right. is really valuable to some people and not that valuable to other people. Where, where does it rank for you? Oh, it's, it's absolutely at the top of the list. Autonomy and the, mm. the freedom to do what I want when I want is the, is the <laughs> first thing I noticed when I worked for someone. Mm. And it's the first thing I noticed when I didn't work for someone. However, that being said, I work just as many hours and just as hard. And I'm actually, I'm still like, I joke sometimes with myself that I, I show up at the office every day as if someone is here waiting for me to clock in. Mm. Because yeah, but it's just, sometimes it's not how many hours you work; it's who you're doing them for and what you're doing them on. Right, right. right. Well, and, and for me, it's just like in like that's just how my motor works. I just I like to come in. I have I'm very organized about the things that I'm going to do in a certain day, and I just sit down and I and I do them. And I just like to be here. I mean, I, like I just took I was gone for five days. I just got back yesterday, so I did take I do take time off. But did you clear it with your boss? He he wasn't too happy about it. He did make me work a little <laughs> bit while. Uh, while I was away. But yeah, I mean, so there are some advantages to having to having a job. I, I will say that people that are burned out on the client services type of work, mm-hmm. 
I think that's just a hard business model to be in. I think it's, mm. I think it can be very rewarding, both it, with the type of projects you get to do. I always loved like just working with learning about different businesses and different industries. It can be really rewarding there. If you do it well, it can be really re rewarding financially. If you're the business owner or a freelancer or something like that, if you're, if you're yep. good and can land um, good projects, but it can be, it can definitely be a grind, but I would say, honestly, everything can be a grind. A day job can be a grind, especially if you find God yourself, damn right. <laughs> especially if you find yourself not caring anymore yeah. about the work because you're just like, ah, like I just don't care. I just don't, and I, you know, sometimes that happens. You're just like, wow, I actually really don't care about this. And it's not that you're and a I bad person. I think that's person. the biggest thing. I think that's the biggest thing, regardless of whether you're working for yourself or you're working for somebody else, is that you find the work fulfilling and you care about it. Right. I think that's the biggest part. I really yep. do. Yeah. And I know people that work at, at corporate jobs and have for, for years that truly care about the work that they do. Yeah. And I think that's, to me, that's, that's been hard to find, but yep. that's why I've always, I guess, have been drawn back to working for myself on things that I care about. But also, it's, these aren't like passion pursuits, you know, where I'm just after some some dream, like the reasonable pursuits that are founded in a business model that works. So for me, as someone that has worked for myself and owned my own company for almost my entire life, mm -hmm. the appeal of working for a company or working for somebody else is that I could be involved in something bigger than myself. Like there's right. a cap yep. on what I can do on my own in terms of the reach, the impact and all, all that kind of good stuff. Like there is a cap. There's only so much you can do. I mean, you're, you're one person. I don't care who you are. There's only so much you can do. Right. So there could be some very interesting and I have I have, you know, flirted with some companies over the years about doing this, that or the other thing. And if they were things where I could be working on something that was I would, you know, bigger than myself and was really interested in doing it, I think I would go for it, Ryan. I think I would definitely go for it because there are things that interest me that I know I just can't do them on my own. I can't right. have that impact when it's just me. There's no way to do it. You know? Right. Totally. And that's when I think uh, and that's kind of what, what what drew me away from working for myself was exactly that. And mm. then the way that I went into that was knowing that this isn't permanent. And I actually stood yeah. in my office, this office right here, which I kept the entire mm. time and said before my. Uh, oh, wait a minute, Ryan. What? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You kept you kept the office like waiting for you. Yeah. That's a very like, OK, you kept well, the side well, chick couple, around. You were not committed for that. One is that on the I was still in here on the weekends writing and recording training okay. material. And the Got other it. one is that I is that the the increase in office rent in this part of like so I'm in I'm not in downtown Austin, but I'm what's called central Austin. I'm just a couple miles from mm. the house has increased so much that I'm kind of locked in at a rate that I like I would never be able to get a place this, Got it. this rate. So it just made more sense. So you but can't anyway, afford plus, to get rid of like, it. Basically. It's part of my, I always knew that nothing is, nothing is permanent. There's cycles to everything. I've seen cycles of, you know, you see cycles of, of, as you get older, you see cycles of lives, you see cycles of businesses, of all sorts of things. And I also knew that I, I promised myself, I stood here in the office and said, you always can leave at any time. You know that you can come back and, and work for yourself at any time. And also nothing is, nothing is permanent. So, so this was, so when I left, I mean, it actually worked out really well because during the pandemic, I was able to work out of this office to full time. Looks like we have a comment. Yeah. So Caroline says the, the way around it becoming not bigger than you is to grow the company. She says, if you grow the company, it becomes about them too. Yeah, I totally mm -hmm. agree. And it's, it's the thing though. I mean, this is going to sound really weird maybe to some extent, but I, I ran a company for a long time. And, you know, we had a, a dozen or, or more employees and a number of contractors and, and that type of thing. And I kind of don't really want to do that again. Like, I, I don't want to be... <laughs> 
the guy that runs that. Yeah. You know, at least not right now. I mean, at least it, currently, this is not the thing that I really want to do. Right. I am at the point where I am outsourcing some things to contractors, though, Ryan. Like, I do have some people that are doing some stuff for me that I just don't have time to do. And mm-hmm. I'm scaling that up on on the side with contractors. But I think part of this is we and we've talked about this before. A lot of this just is about knowing yourself and being honest with yourself. And I'm pretty sure that that's not really something that I want to do right now. You know, like I just I'm just not interested. I'm more interested in collaborating than I am in managing or being the boss of somebody. You know, Right. Yeah. Like you and I collaborate on more than one project. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, getting back to what we're talking about before, I've known a decent number of people that have been freelance and have decided or consultants actually is the nicer word, right? You get paid more money if you say you're a consultant. Yeah. And they've gone to work for a corporate job and not all corporate jobs are created equal, right? I mean, you could have great environments, you could have terrible environments, you could have great people, terrible people, project interesting, not interesting. So I'm not saying everything is equal, but a lot of them have gone in for the reasons I mentioned, where they're not interested in the hustle, they feel more secure and comfortable not having to acquire clients all the time, just do their thing, do whatever they want to do. But then also something appealed to them about the work that they were going to be doing that. And, you know, it always starts off with, well, don't worry, you'll have Fridays off or or then don't worry, you'll have Friday afternoons (laughs) off. You're not going to have to worry about that. Don't worry, you'll have time for this. You'll have time for that. It never ends that way, Ryan. The company and they're justified in doing so because they are trading their money for your time. Right. But the company always just ends up sucking you in, man. They just grab you and they suck you in, you know? Yeah. Or yeah, like, you know, here's your total compensation package, you know? Yep. That's that's another that's another trick. A little bit of advice. Get it in salary. Unless you're at a unless you're at a <laughs> unicorn. Yeah. Well, unless you want to roll the dice, right? If you're really well, yeah, going to roll the dice. You know, but Total comp isn't what's going to end up in your account, your bank account. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it's that working for a corporation is is a bad thing. I think different people have different needs. They have different interests. They have different things that are important to them. So, you know, I don't don't think that I'm painting it in a bad light. I just think it's unrealistic to think that you're going to have the freedom you had when you were a freelance consultant, when you then transition to work for a company. Like, that's just not how it works. Right. And it's fine that it doesn't work that way, but just be honest with yourself that that is not going to work that way. Depending on your ability to efficiently run a consulting business, you might actually have more time (laughs) when you work with someone, right? If you're, if, if you struggle to manage the projects and the tasks required to do that, like you might actually be like, oh, well, I have like my evenings and weekends, you know, and that's actually, that's the one thing I've heard is people just say, man, like, it's just nice to kind of like hit the off button at 5 PM or on (laughs) Friday and just like have hobbies on the weekend, which I, which I totally get, but I think you can still have a healthy, I mean, Andrew, I know that you, you work in a, like a, a healthy lifestyle into your daily, like into your day like with hikes and things like that, right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't have to, it's another thing with like, when you work for yourself, it doesn't have to be like a total grind where you have no time to do anything and you don't exercise, you don't eat well, like and stuff like, like it doesn't have to be like that. If you work for yourself and you are not taking care of yourself and you are not doing these things, then you're a terrible boss. You know, I'm sorry, but <laughs> <Right>. you are. <laughs> you know? well, it's the same, it's the same way if you work for yourself and you don't, and you hold back money and don't pay yourself, right? Mm. Like, 
like anything, like one of the pieces of advice I got when I went out and worked for myself the first time was to make sure I prioritize paying myself. Mm, because if yeah. I'm not happy in the business, if I don't feel like I'm being compensated for my work, then there's no way it's going to go well. Yeah. And it kind of comes off as kind of selfish. And there's a lot of methodologies for running businesses where it's contrary to that, where like you're as the founder or the owner, you're supposed to starve yourself in order to grow the business. I've seen that turn into people just resenting their businesses. And that just basically sure. is, is infects everything else, including if you have employees yeah. or freelancers, like you have yeah. to be happy and content as the founder or the owner so that it goes well. That doesn't mean that you drain the business of all funds because you have some luxurious lifestyle that requires all the business income to to satisfy. But it does mean that you you need to have your your monthly nut met before you take on anyone else. Well, it depends on what your goals are too, right? So I'm mm-hmm. I'm very much a lifestyle business kind of guy. Yeah. You know, that's why I'm going on hikes. That's why I do workouts. That's why, you know, some days I'll do stuff and other days I, I won't do a whole lot. But other people will start up companies as founders with the intention of working their ass off so that they can sell it, so that they can parlay it, they can exit and they can parlay it into something else. I just, I don't know why I've never really had interest in in that. I, I understand how it can be exciting. You can take on the VC, you can rapidly try and grow it, try to spin it up try and spin it up into something amazing and then sell it off to someone. And I, I know people, I'm friends with people that do this. Yeah. They're serial entrepreneurs and they, they they just love that part of it. And I think I'm too lazy to do that. Ryan. I'm just <laughs> like, you know what? If I found something that works pretty good, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do that thing that works pretty good. Right. You know, yeah, it's a whole different, it's a whole different approach to, to having a business and, and making a living. Um, All right. But real talk, let's okay. see, let's see how much you're willing to talk about. You are no longer at that company that you were at. Okay. Right. What were your reasons for, for leaving? What were your reasons why you were just like, you know what? I am, I took a foray into this. I had my reasons for joining. Yep. Was it that the expectations didn't match reality? Was it that you had issues with people that you worked with there? Or, or like, what were the reasons why you decided, okay, I was there for a little bit. I'm, I'm done. I'm going to go back. So the initial reasons were that I just, it no longer was something that interested me. I felt like my role there, as far as I saw it, had played out. And mm. and I didn't, that's like one of the most, the best things that I've learned over a you know 20 something year career is that of just having the self-awareness of recognizing when your role has played out. And Hmm. so I wasn't like asked to leave or anything. It was just, it was just my role had played out there. And I decided that, and I was also kind of burned out. Like it was, I was leading a team during COVID at a company that was severely impacted by COVID. And so that becomes very stressful. And so I just decided that, and this was like months before that I was going to begin to plan my exit. So, Mm. yeah, so it started with me, like the initial, the seed of the whole thing was me. And I always knew that it wasn't like 20 months is a long time. And it's a long time away from the thing that I honestly cared more about, which was like my own work, the stuff that I do at CraftQuest and just the rhythm I have of writing and producing training material, working with other people and, and then getting like immediate feedback from, from people that are learning from the the stuff. Like I just, I just really enjoyed that. Yeah, no, it wasn't like uh, the original seed of it was in me. That I just like, oh so man. So to be clear, you quit. You you were not fired for some kind of horrible reason, right? No, no, no. I, okay. I quit. Yeah. That's making making and, it clear and it's, for everybody. It's, it's, you know? Yeah. And I'm oversimplifying a, a very complex situation in a business that 
that was in a, a huge transition period because of COVID. But that's essentially it. Do you remember in middle school, Ryan, when it was really important that everyone knew that you broke up with her, she didn't break up with you? <laughs> you know what? I realized that's still the same stupid thing is still important. I mean, it's yeah. just crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, uh, even if like someone, even whether you quit or even if you get fired, those are events, single events in, in your career, your life. They they do not, yep. they're not defining. I mean, obviously, unless you're fired for something like horrible or 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 illegal, right? That's different. But if you just, if you're no, if the, the, the company's moving You were this fired way, for something illegal? No, I'm saying like, those are the things that stick with your career and stick with you if you're doing something terrible. But if Is for some reason- you'd just, like to discuss? Close. The, I'm not. I'm not even getting drawn into your okay. Your police tactics here. Uh, <clears throat> but if, if the company is changing or the team is changing, directions are changing. You know, sometimes teams shift technology, right? Mm. And and then you're no longer a good fit. Either way, all those things are events. Taking a job is is an event. Like those aren't career defining. All of that is is malleable and changeable. You can move around. And I actually encourage people to be flexible in that type of situation. But you don't have to like I know job hopping is very common now, you know, 18 months or something like that. But I think people should find things that are interesting to them and then add value. And then if they feel like that they can no longer, then move on. Do something else. I think it's completely okay. Well, you and that's also to- kind of part of the game if you're gonna do the the corporate game is is that you are always doing that, right? You'll take a job and you'll try to put the bullet points on there, but you're always kind of looking for the next rung on the ladder and you're trying to reach up. And again, I think I'm just too lazy. Like that just sounds exhausting. It sounds like I'd be spending so much of my life just looking for and trying to trying to acquire the next job that it just, I, I don't know. Yeah, and I that's like know. a, that's a whole, I mean, in tech, that's like, that's the whole game. And it's honestly yeah. the only way to get significant pay increases, right? Because yep. once you get, if does you're in a bigger company that that has tiered salary bands or salary or you know salary bands or tiers where you're only moving up in increments. The only way to get a big uh, increase is to leave. So or stay but, there a long time. I mean, I've looked at some of the salaries that Google pays. Man, you can be making like a half a million dollars if you're one of their senior architect engineers or whatever. That's absolutely. not bad. But that's our compensation package. That's not raw salary, but still. But if you want, but that's a proven company, right? So that that comp is is most likely, you know, nearly guaranteed as long as you're performing well. As long as you you vest all the shares and all that kind of fun stuff. Now, like, you know, those are the, the top tier jobs. So those aren't that salary and that type of job isn't available to anyone or everyone. Are you telling me I can't cut it, Ryan? Are you telling me that, that I just should not dream that I could ever do that job? You're just saying I don't have the stuff well, to make it there. I would say, so that, from my tell, experience... Honest, good talk. You, you can tell me. So my, from talk. my experience of working with you, Andrew, I would say oh, that from your your attitude towards work, you probably wouldn't do well there in terms of like just Ooh. your like your your mentality, your approach, right? You well, that hurts. And it's not. Uh, it's actually a compliment. But that you just technically speaking, your your raw skills and your ability to figure out new things. I think you would be like you know a star employee at a company like that. Now, so you're calling me lazy is what I'm hearing. Lazy. I didn't say you're lazy. I just said you're making certain choices. <laughs> but I'm also I'm also complimenting your intelligence. Okay. So, for, for anyone, I don't, if there's anyone that's young enough listening to this, there's a book 
called So uh, uh, so Good They Can't Ignore You by mm. Cal Newport. And it talks about mm. this kind of thing, which is basically don't go after like a passion thing. If you really want to succeed in a field that you think you're a good fit for and you want to reach the, the upper echelons of that, like a senior at a fang company, like a, a senior role at a fang company, then then you ha- it has to be a deliberate practice to get there. And yeah, it's for like, sure. You're right. And that's that's what those people are yeah. doing. Um, but yeah. again, that's also means that, you know, it's kind of like the person that, you know, from high school who wanted since they were in you know, since they were in kindergarten, they wanted to be a lawyer and they did all the things they had to do to be a partner at a law firm. Their happiness level is probably not as high as Andrew Welch's happiness level in his more or even me. Right. I consider my career path to be a bit more or a lot more meandering than I mean, I have a master's degree in German literature. I mean, like it doesn't get more meandering than that, but wow. meandering, but probably a happier than a a senior partner at a law firm because that's all they've ever done. And Mm. it's always, now that's, you know, it's also very rewarding, you know, financially as well. But I mean, I don't know, there's lots of ways. Uh, That's the hard thing about it though, right? Is what would be better? And it's really hard to know because how are you going to know what your happiness level would be if, because in order to be this senior partner in a law firm that you're talking about, you would have to spend your life to do that. So you can't just be like, you know what, I'm going to do that for a little bit. And I'm going to see if I was happier doing that than I am being being able to do my own thing at my own pace. You know what I mean? There's no way that you can just snap your fingers and switch roles completely and decide, hey, this is going to be better. So the only thing you can do is something very similar to what you've done over the years is you've you've tried out various stints working Mm -hmm. in various companies and you've also tried out doing stuff on your own and you've kind of figured out you know, what kind of stuff you enjoy more. Not to say that if uh, a certain opportunity came your way, you wouldn't potentially uh, uh, checking it out and, and taking it up. But, you know, does that sound about right? Yeah. I mean, that's exactly right. It's it's a, I just feel like you have to just kind of be open to to experiences. We can't, I mean, it's, it's a trope and it's cliche, you know, to say that, you know, like the only thing we can't get more of is time. Hmm. But it, it's my main, it's how I frame my work in my life is that I can't get more time. So I want to make sure that I'm doing things that I, I care about. I'm also off taking opportunities that you're saying yes. You know, your default is to say, I mean, a lot of people say, oh, you should say no as a default to everything. I think you should actually say yes, or at least think yes, and then evaluate based on that for those bigger decisions. Because I will say is- though, there's one thing you mentioned earlier about potentially you might have more time on your hands working at yeah. a company than freelance. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, consultant or whatever on your own. And and of course, to some extent, that, that may be true, right? Because because you are the one setting your own hours to, to one extent or another, based on your priorities in terms of what you need, right? So you need to make enough money to pay the rent. And then what you want in terms of what you want in terms of income and what how you want to build the company, all that kind of stuff. Right. So to some extent, you determine that fate. But I will tell you one thing that I have noticed because of what I do, I talk with a whole bunch of people online, whether it's on Discord or I am or video chats or, you know, whatever. It's like a staple of my day that I'll be talking to people in one way or another. And I'll tell you what, man, the people that end up going from freelance or consultant or running their own show to working at a company are a lot less available (laughs) just in general. Yeah. No, I mean, once they, they take that. So, you know, I don't know. 
Absolutely. It's a, I mean, it's a total trade-off. You lose, you basically lose control of your schedule and your calendar. Yeah. And you're at the whim. And what value does that have to you that you do control that? Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe some people like the fact that it's planned out for them. You know, (laughs) like I get that too. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I'm definitely not one of those people, but I really enjoy one one of the biggest benefits I get out of working for myself is that I could wake up whenever I want. I mean, I don't, I always wake up at the same time, but But the the real benefit is not that, you know, oh, I get to sleep in. But it's it's that I, I show up at my office every morning and I open up a, a document or a planner and I just start to list what I need to accomplish or want to work on that day. And mm. sometimes I mm-hmm. have to work yep. on a certain thing, like I'm working on a course right now that I, I really have to finish for next week. Yep. But sometimes it's like, well, what am I going to work on today? Like, what is, what is interesting to me? And it, it's all, it's not that like, oh, I'm suddenly going to go buy equipment to set up a pottery studio in my office and I'm just doing something completely random but it's it's more of as it's part of a of a broader plan that I have and I can kind of choose, you know, what I want to work on. Maybe I want to work on marketing today. Maybe mm-hmm. I want to write a plugin that puts bugs all over your screen. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think that's there's a lot of value in that to me. But here's the thing, and I'm trying to I'm trying to frame this from a number of different perspectives, even though they aren't my own, because I know people that, for instance, waking up in the morning to a blank sheet of paper is mm-hmm. the worst thing that could possibly yeah. happen to them because they, they that they're just not interested in that. You know, yeah. it, they would be feel much more comforted if they woke up in the morning to a bulleted pointed list of the things that they were supposed to accomplish that day. Like they they would just do so much better with that. Well, as long if, I mean, it depends. Is it a list that someone else created or is it a list that they created? Uh, for some people, it doesn't matter. For yeah. some people, they just feel very insecure is not the right, right word, but maybe anxious or just, right. you know, what, whatever it is. If they're not, if they don't have some kind of structure where some of this stuff is provided for them and they tend to work better on a team with other people. And I don't know, but then there are other people that waking up in the morning to a blank sheet where I can write down what Whatever it is that I want to do or whatever interests me is would be like the most amazing thing. But I'm going to tell you, at least a secret from my perspective, is that I think it's both. Right. I think it's sort of like it's kind of like a, a, a rhythm or a tide or something like that. Some days, the fact that I can do whatever I want is just amazing. And I'm mm-hmm. thrilled. And other days, it's actually a little bit like I have to force myself like, you know, <laughs> okay, what am I going to do? And I actually will sit down and, you know, make lists of, you know, what I'm going to do and all that kind of stuff. So I think, I don't know, there are lots of things that kind of go in a rhythm like that. And you were talking about, you know, hey, maybe I want to uh, do this plugin that does bugs. Maybe I want to do that. I think the ability to be in touch with yourself and to be able to say, you know what, this is something that really interests me. And to be able to then just go do it is super valuable. And totally, I do that with like, you know, I write lots of blogs and I do this, that, and the other thing. I have lots of ideas for blogs, but what I typically do is I kind of just wait until my brain is in the mood to write, Yep. you know, and then I'm just like a demon and I just like write the whole thing and it's just amazing and start Start to, I'm not saying the, the final result is amazing. I'm saying me doing the work feels amazing. Feels the amazing. result may be terrible. Yeah, you're in the <laughs> yeah. you're in you're in like a flow state at that point because it's the right time. Like a flow state, but it's almost like surfing to some extent. You know, like I kind of wait for the wave, and in some ways, I feel like lots of people are this way. Or maybe I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but to some extent, we're passengers in our own body, mm-hmm. and we kind of wait until the, the the wave comes along, and we know that it's the right time to to jump on it and to and to surf down it. Yeah. You know? 
So you had At mentioned that's the way it works for me. You had, I mean, waves, and you had also mentioned like rhythms and stuff. So one of the things that I've been since this is my second time working for myself, I have that five <laughs> years of experience before, and, and I, then I had almost two years to kind of reflect on it without yeah. doing it. And so I've been much more introspective and kind of in touch with the experience of how I work. And mm. one of the things I realized is that I do have a rhythm to my work, and it tends to be mm. uh, in two to three week sort of, I don't want to call them sprints because that's so, it's just like so corporate, but and that makes it sound terrible. <laughs> yeah. But it's like two to three weeks of like where I can, I have, and I'm, I'm coming up on the end of one right now. I can already feel it because I'm getting tired, but mm. I have two to three weeks where I'm just, I'm really intensely working, amped up. I'm motivated. Mm -hmm. I'm working. Mm -hmm. At all times a day, right? Like, you know, when it's when everyone's sleeping or doing other things, like I might be doing some work on my laptop yep. all through the day. I'm amped up working on it. And then there's like this weird, like post intense phase where I feel kind of lost. And I'm like, okay, like what's, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's next. And it took me a while to realize like that's actually the, that's actually the downtime that I need to re recharge myself for that next wave. And those waves are so productive that at first I, I try to fight against it. And I I said, oh, like I should be this productive all the time, but it's not sustainable. You can't, your brain can't sustain that type of like deeper work, intense work on a, at, at a long period. You have to, you have to phase in recharge time as well. One to two weeks. So I think we have three weeks and then one to two weeks. I'm still working. It's just not as intense. And, um, and, I, and I think that the, the clinical term for that, Ryan, is post coital dysphoria, I believe is the, the technical term for what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't think it is. Anyway, we'll 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 link to that in the uh, no. in the show notes. But no, I I totally agree with you in terms of what you're saying, and I do the same thing. Like I I'm like, so you know, what is Andrew up for today? Mm -hmm. And if I'm feeling super on about something, then it's going to be some complicated new feature that I've wanted to add to one of my plugins. Or and, and look, I'm I'm not saying that this is always this, you know, smorgasbord of choice. There are also days that I just wake up that, oh, client needs XYZ done. Okay, right. I'm going to do XYZ, right? Yep. But there are also times where I can pick what it is I'm going to work on. And I pick what I'm going to work on based on where kind of I feel I'm at. It's not even just a conscious thing. I just kind of know like, oh, I'm gra I gravitate naturally towards doing this or gravitate naturally towards doing that, you know, just kind of based on where I'm at. Do you experience anything like that? Yeah, totally. And I yeah. let it, that's why I, I've learned over the last six months to let those things come to me during that one to two yeah. week downtime. Yep. And to say, yep. oh, it's like, it's like what I'm working on right now. Like that result, the original idea of the project I had, and then you and I were going back and forth and you had some really good ideas for how to make it better. And that's you want to say like, anything about it or you want to keep it? I'm going to, let's wait, let's wait. Oh, and right. uh, well, when's this coming? Yeah, let's wait. So, and then, and that set me off. Like I went way, way deeper down the rabbit hole than I thought I was going to go, <laughs> but it ended up being really cool and rewarding. Did you like it though? Yeah, no, I had, I, and I'm still having fun because I'm still after this, I'm about to do some recording, but it ended up being really rewarding. I learned some new things and I both in coding and also in how I can teach people in a different way. And mm. uh, so, and, and then I was just like, I was just off and I've been on that because it took way longer. <laughs> I had anticipated. Mm. 
But um, yeah, for anyone, I'm, I'm not going to give anything away, Ryan, but basically Ryan was working on something and I'm like, you know, what would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Ryan was just like, oh, was, but that's a lot of work. But oh, damn it. That actually yeah, is really cool. I was so ah. resistant. I was like, I'm just going to put this. I'm not doing that. I'm just going to put this out. Then I started thinking about it and I was like, you know, like this is actually a really good idea. And and isn't that annoying? Yeah, Isn't no, that annoying, super, when, when, annoying when you're just like, God damn it. I, I thought I was done with this thing, but God damn it. That's actually such a good idea. It's a good God idea. And it, it. Was a, it was a lot more work. And it also challenged the way that I wanted to structure this, this course that I was doing. Like it, it completely mm. changed that. And I was like, oh, like, cause you can get stuck in your ways, right? You can be like, yep. a course is structured this way. I do these things, you know, like, or like, like a blog post is written in these ways. I do these things. And, uh, and then, you know, I, I kind of was forced out of that and I slowed down the project and I think it's going to be cool. I'm kind of excited. And the other, first of all, I think the end result is going to be really cool. But the other thing that I think is worth keeping in mind is that you've enjoyed doing yeah. it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> that's amazing. Right. You know what I mean? That doesn't happen all the time. There are lots of times that we're doing work and we're not, we're not sitting there like smiling the whole time, you know, not at all. <laughs> oh no, I was cussing you a part of that time but most of it i was smiling well i I mean i consider that an accomplishment really (laughs) if i'm able if i'm able to do that i think i've done something right and you know my day is good but But okay so we so just really uh, quickly though to to, for, tr- to be transparent is that there were times when I was like, I need to ask Andrew how he would do this, but I refused because I said, <laughs> I said, he gave me, I was being stubborn. I said, he, you know, like you gave me the idea and I didn't want to take more from you than that idea. I wanted to take it and make it on my own. So it was kind of an interesting experience. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate that because I wasn't giving you the idea so that I could make work for myself. <laughs> <laughs> It was more just here, you know, take take this. But right. I, I'm excited to I've seen some of the results of it and I think it's really cool. And I think people are gonna I think people are gonna like it. I think it's gonna be fun on a number of different levels. But yeah, I did wanna sure. so we, we talked a bunch about, you know, working on your own, working quitting corporate jobs, going back and forth, doing all that kind of good stuff. I wanna just real quick talk about a couple of couple of small or maybe one technical thing that's mm-hmm. been going on. Well, okay. There's something that I did a little while ago where I've been using a Docker-based plugin development system, and I created this for myself, and then I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to publish how I did it. So if anyone else wants to do it, they can do it. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing about it is that I can just spin up my plugin dev. We've demoed it on CraftQuest. I can switch between Postgres databases, MySQL databases, all this kind of fun stuff. Well, the benefits came home to roost for me because I had a contractor that I wanted to work with me on something. And I said, here. And I just nice. pointed them at the, the repo and the, the three steps that they needed to do. They spun up the development container. They instantly had had hot module reloading. They had all this amazing stuff and we were using the exact same system. So everything just worked smooth and it was just amazing. It was yep. great. Yeah. And my favorite thing about that is that work that past Andrew did paid off in spades. Yep. You had that happen to you. I love that. No, I love that too. And it, it, it definitely ties into working for yourself or even working for a company is build mm. systems, you know, build yourself systems and, and things that you can repeat easily. That's, there's a huge, yeah. huge value. I think that's one of the things that drive people crazy about working at corporate jobs is that they feel like that everybody's just redoing stuff constantly and yeah. not building efficiencies. <laughs> 
But yeah. if you work for yourself, you can you can build systems. But I think a lot of people that work for themselves don't take take the time to do it because I think that we should be in a lot of cases we should be building systems, whether that's mm-hmm. a development system, a design system, or you know whatever. We should be building systems more than we should be just writing code. Right. And there is a big difference between the two. Absolutely. Um, and I think it can be tough if you're on your own to take the time to build out a system, but I think it really, really pays off in the end. And so this is something that is related to that. So yep. there's a, a big debate in terms of should we be using JavaScript frameworks at all? You know, you'll have on one side, you'll have people that write everything in React and they don't know anything else and they don't need to know anything else. And they're at one side. And then you have traditionalists that they write HTML, JavaScript, CSS, sprinkle in the JavaScript where they need it. And then there's this whole spectrum in between, right? Well, I, I've been someone that I've been embracing some of the front end frameworks. So my plugins are using Vue components inside of them. Mm-hmm. And I have a plugin called Retor that lets you display a table of 404s that have happened. And there are various things you can do with this table. You can search it, you can sort it, you can do a whole bunch of different things with it. Well, along came a feature that someone wanted me to add, or it was actually, I think I came up with the idea, but it was based on their need, where what I wanted it to do was remember the state of this complex component. So that if I am on page 32 and I'm searching on this and whatever, and then I navigate away and then I navigate back, that complex state is restored, right? Mm -hmm. And that sounds like a really complicated thing, but it actually ended up being so damn simple for me to do it. Because I was using this formalized system of view where they have components that are defined and they've got various APIs to them, someone else was able to make something that I could easily just, it's a mix-in basically, where you just add it to the component and it will just automatically remember its state so that the next time that it mounts, its state will be restored to what it was. Now there are a couple of small tweaks that I had to do, but I had this up and working in literally two minutes, Ryan. Two minutes. And had I just written this in in vanilla javascript or, or whatever i understand you know there are benefits to doing that as well but there is zero shot that i would have been able to get this up and working as quickly yeah like what are the benefits though for your customers if you wrote that in vanilla javascript about zero right yeah i mean yeah i mean i guess you could argue that there's one less dependency but it, they already have it in the craft cp yeah. they already have view there that is used by a lot of stuff I don't know. I mean, it's just a different methodology. It's a different way of thinking about it. Like our, our friend Ben, you know, and, and, and great mutual respect, but he, he is sort of more on the let's do as much on the server side as we can and as little as possible with front end JavaScript and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Right. Which is great. It's fine. I understand the, the desire to have the complicated state in one place or the other rather than in both places. But you're going to have a, a tough time doing something like this as easily if you don't use and leverage some of these frameworks. I don't know. I was just really pleased. It was this one moment where I was just like, man, I'm so glad that I wrote this as a view component because literally I just added it in and away we go. Yeah, that's awesome. I like oh, those that's funny. Too. A little Japanese beetle just flew in here and he's oh, he's right on my teleprompter. He's just hanging out, walking around. So anyway, if you see some like kind of crazy bug that's showing up on the video, that's what he is. He's decided to crawl on there. Speaking of bugs, Ryan, 
Yes. Bugs that are in the system. But the reason I wanted to mention that about the the Docker and also the the view is they're both very similar in that they are creating systems. And because I created those systems and that framework that I could nestle on top of and end within, doing some things was just so rewardingly easy. And I was pretty thrilled about that. I yeah. was pretty thrilled about that. Well, it's like you're you benefited from a, a technical debt choice you made. Right. Yes. You, and sometimes you don't, sometimes you do. It's like the the everlasting thing you have to deal with when you're doing technical stuff. I actually don't think I think it's actually a broader concept than that. I think it's a it's more of like a, a human condition concept, like in terms of you when you make certain choices, there's there's impacts you know, from making those choices. It's it's just, this is just another application of that. I think that I benefited because of the structure that I adopted, right? So it's the, the, the formalized structure that is in the Docker setup for plugin development allows someone to just start using it easily. The formalized structure and documented, I will add structure in view components allowed someone to just really easily put this little layer on top of it that saved the state Mm-hmm. And then I could just grab it and just slam it right in there and it just worked. Right. So I think a, a lot of it is the the system and the structure part of it that allowed me to do it. And I think that's sort of a maybe sometimes an overlooked benefit of using some of these things that people are like, ah, that's too much stuff. You know what right. I mean? But yep. there are benefits, you know, there are benefits and trade-offs and, and downsides. Always. Welcome to being an adult. And that about wraps it up for another episode of the devmo.fm podcast. If you enjoy the show, make sure you subscribe, tell a friend, drop us a review. We really appreciate it. For the devmo.fm podcast, I'm Andrew Welch. And I'm Ryan Ireland. this down here so you didn't you didn't end up uh here let me send you that post coital dysphoria i'm surprised you're not aware of this there we go i just sent you a link you want to stop your zencaster recording too um yeah you know i'm just catching a little little bit of after vibe there i'm I'm pretty good on you're you're good on no after vibe (laughs) 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 okay